Hello and welcome to another episode of The Last Responder Show. My name is Sam. And I am Jamie. In today's episode, we'll be talking about what it means to be on call as a funeral director, what to do when a loved one passes away, and what is all involved in an arrangement. So let's begin. What is the term, I'm sorry, what does the term on call mean? Well, on call typically means that a funeral director is available to be on call, which is having a cell phone with them, and the answering service will receive the phone calls and then page the director um, with what type of call it is. The call can either be a death call or it can be uh, um, family calling with questions or concerns, um, friends calling to find out days and times of visitations or services. So for example, for my day today, I began my on-call at 4 o'clock p.m. and I will be on call until 8 o'clock a.m that is during the week. On weekends, we do 8 a.m. till 8 a.m. the following morning. And to kind of segue with that too, um, kind of going off what Jamie said, um, anything that happens uh, throughout the whole night, so it can be three o'clock in the morning and we would still have to go out on a call if there was a death call at a hospital, nursing home, uh, residence, wherever you know wherever the death may occur um also too you know we've had families ask questions about a number of topics like like jamie said already so kind of reiterating that um and i guess uh you have any more on that on that part of what a sure like i'll give an example um let's just say that i get a call at three o'clock in the morning and somebody has passed away at a hospital I typically ask if the family is still present at the hospital and then if they have or have not, um, it doesn't matter really what time of day that the call comes in because we need to know if um, we get permission for embalming to take place. And, and uh, in our funeral home, we try to get the embalming done as, as quickly as possible. Uh, because the sooner we can get that done, the better the results can be. So, sorry to interrupt, I guess why no, I didn't no, explain that. Fine. Yep, time is the essence when it comes for um, preservation of the body. So we like to get that permission from the family right away. Um, if we cannot get permission from the family, then we will bring them back to the funeral home. We will do what is called setting features, disinfection of the body. Um, Which means washing. washing. Yep, washing the body, and then we will place them in a cooler um, until we can get a hold of the family to get permission to embalm. And that kind of then segues to our next topic here, what to do when someone passes away. So this would be 
answering the question because we've had families in the past come in for pre-arrangements and ask us, well, we're at home or we're at a hospital or we're, you know, he's, yeah. he or she's at a, at a nursing home. So there's different scenarios for this. So I guess the first one, Sam, um, so, why don't you start off on... Uh, on a hospital death, what, what typically happens when somebody passes out of the hospital? So typically what happens at a hospital is um, normally there's a nurse uh, that is set to that person. So you would normally, uh, as a family member, if that person passes away, you would normally tell that, that ho the hospital nurse um, uh, that you're accusing said funeral home to do the arrangements. And they'll take care of calling them when the family is ready, you know, and it gives time then to, so there's no rush into that part. You can spend as much time as you need, and then you let the nurse know, hey, we're ready, you can call the, the um, funeral home, and we'll be, you know, because typically a funeral home responds in what, you'd say maybe about at least within the hour. Yes, our funeral home likes to be on scene within that hour. Now, if... A family is undecided on a funeral home. Most hospitals, not all, but most of them have morgues um, that they can hold the individual until, in. Yeah, until the family decides on what funeral home. So it, 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 I always say to families, I mean, definitely take the time, you know, to choose which one for sure that that will be doing the arrange the arrangements and everything. Also, uh, spend time with their loved one too. There is no rush. No, there's 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 no rush. But again, mm -hmm. if you want the traditional um, funeral with embalming to take place, time is of the essence, and um, by all means, take all the time you need for your goodbyes and that. That's that, what I that's meant. That's important. Yeah, th that's that's right. the part that I meant. You right. know, is is take the time. You know, you don't have to, as soon as a person dies, you have to like, oh, we got to call a funeral oh, yeah. home right this second. Right. That's the part I'm yeah. talking about. Yeah. And it, it kind of does the same with a nursing home. Uh, normally, there's a nurse that is on staff. Um, they normally introduce themselves. Um, or when you set up uh, before your family member goes into the nursing home, they may ask that, like, you know, if the person passes away, yes. I'm not really sure how a nursing home Well, because that's works. more, sorry to cut in, but because that's more of a long-term setting compared yep. to a hospital is a short-term. Um, they usually do an initial interview with the family upon mm -hmm. admission to a nursing home. That's what I've heard too. do like a questionnaire, you know, like what funeral home do you choose if you, you know, your loved one were to pass and so on. So, so usually nursing homes are more prepared and know what funeral home um, that that family chooses. Yep, and if it's now uh, the the more trickier side of things is when it uh, when it's a house call. So uh, and by just house give, call you mean a home death. Yes, right? a home a home death. So the the to give you a scenario, so and so is at their home and they pass away in their bed or in the in the chair or whatever whatever the case may be. Um, typically, uh, they're, you know, if, if the person is sick and stuff, they normally have a hospice nurse come and they come, I don't know, however many times that they need to come. Um, so if the death occurs while they're under hospice care at the home, then what you would do is you would contact the hospice nurse 
they'll come, they'll talk with the family, and then they will um, ask the family, well, what, what, you know, what funeral home would you like? And then they will contact the funeral home when the family is ready. Right. Now, it changes a little bit when there is no hospice and somebody just passes away. Then what you would do is you would call the that county's uh, or that city's non-emergency line police department. And you would explain that somebody has passed, what will happen then. And it's different by county. So you got you got just follow exactly what their instructions are. They'll definitely instruct you on what to do. And they will definitely get a hold of the that county's coroner. And then the coroner will come out, pronounce the death, and then they will contact the funeral home. They'll ask you or the family, you know, what funeral home would you like? And they will then contact when the family is ready uh, to contact the funeral home. Right. And once again, if the family is undecided on what funeral home, the city that we're in, um, the coroner takes turns. They rotate funeral homes every 30 days. So for a cooler wise, so because the our county that we're in does not have, um, uh, the the county coroner does not have their own cooling facilities. So that's why, in our county, we we rotate funeral homes funeral that homes. have refrigeration yes. systems. Yes. And so, and there are some areas across, the uh, you know the Wisconsin that do that does that. So we're not the only county that does that. So. It all depends on where you're from and how they do things. That's just how they, they do it. And we just do it here that way. So, um, Just because somebody of, passes at home doesn't mean that you need to choose a funeral home right away. You, you right do have second. time, just like you have time with the hospital setting. But obviously, though, time is of the essence, especially at, at a home, you know, to, you know, you don't want to rush into it, but you don't want to take a very long time either. Because if, if you definitely want to have a viewing with a casket, um, in Wisconsin, uh, we do require, Wisconsin law requires that the body be embalmed if you're going to have, uh, have a full traditional funeral, uh, or a public viewing, I should say. So, so timing is of the essence if you're planning to do that. But in Wisconsin, also, a lot of people don't know this, Embalming is not required by law for a closed casket. Yes. Okay. So you can also do what's called an immediate burial as well. So and that wouldn't that wouldn't require to have embalming. And we'll go more into that part um, later. Right. You know, and probably in other episodes and stuff. You know, we'll bring that up. Um, and just because you have a closed casket does not mean you need an immediate burial. You can still have a closed casket service. Yep. Yep. It just, if the casket is open and it's going to be for the public, you need to, for Wisconsin, you need to have the body uh, embalmed. Right. And there are cemeteries that um, require embalming to take place if the loved one is to be placed into a crypt um, or a mausoleum. So with that being said, then we'll segue into our the next topic here what an arrangement is like, and what information will we need as funeral directors. So do you want to start this, Jamie? You can begin. Okay. So an arrangement is um, when the family comes in after a loved one has passed, 
and they sit down with the director and they go over all the planning uh, and signing of special documents. Um, sometimes it can take an hour. Sometimes it can take five or six hours. It all depends on the family and what they choose. Um, there's no right way. There's no wrong way, um, really. So every, every person and every family is different. And that's why I like this job, you know, because I like to I like to meet um, people from all walks of life. You know, it's very interesting. Yep. So um, to kind of go more on to what an arrangement is like, um, like I said, we go over um, getting all of the statistical information, which would be um, the, the person's full name, their age, um, their date of birth, social security number. Um, parents' names, including mother's maiden name. Um, uh, what else? Where they were um, born. Where they were born. Their occupation. Yep. Uh, um, and the reason why we gather this statistical information is so that we can create a death certificate. And Those are... Um, that's that's uh, for the state. So to close out like bank accounts, um, anything that that person has their name on. So if there's... You, you would need one for a death certificate. You would need one for bank accounts, a house, land that's not attached to the house. Pensions. Pensions. Um, utility bills. Yep, I've heard utility bills. I've even heard it for cell phones sometimes, depending on the carrier. I've heard it for, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, um, just basically anything that has that person's name on it, mm -hmm. you would need to have... A death certificate and it does get a little tricky too because if it's a husband and wife uh, I uh, if the if let's say a husband and wife own a house just to kind of give an example if on the the deed to the house if it says and you'll definitely need to have a death certificate for it if it says or then the surviving spouse then wouldn't need to have a death certificate they can they can go and take the name off of the others of the other spouse. Right, right. Um, so and that's and that goes with everything. So bank accounts, if it says, um, and you'll definitely need to have a death certificate um, if the one spouse passes. If it says or, then you wouldn't need one because either or could change that that account. Um, and that's just in in Wisconsin. I don't know if that's everywhere. I think it's everywhere, but check your laws and or check yeah. with a with your local funeral director and they can definitely help you out um every state usually every state's going to be different or you know a little little off yeah um, another thing too so as far as the arrangement is concerned um paperwork as far as paperwork is yes. concerned usually the first thing we go over with the family is we give them a gpl and that stands for a general price list yep and every funeral home in the state of Wisconsin yep. um, is required by law, even if that family comes in and requests one um, to shop around, have to give it to the family. Um, it's required by by law. And, and the, the general price list kind of is self-explanatory, but that goes through um, all the, the services uh, that is offered by that said funeral home. So it gives you an, an overview of what everything is. So there's no hidden fees here right. or there. Um, so like Jamie said, if somebody comes in and is talking about pricing and, oh, what's your prices and blah, blah, blah. As long as they're in 
in the building, we definitely have to present a general price list. We, you don't have to take it if you don't want it, but we have to at least offer it. Right. Yep. So then, uh, so then there's a form that we have the family sign saying that um, they they were offered the price list, and um, on that on on that form it says it lets them know that embalming is not required by law, mm -hmm. and that um, and that the casket price list was attached and the vault price list. Yep. Um, other paperwork that we have the family sign is oh we do thumbprints. Yep, some funeral homes do thumbprints, some don't. Um, I think it's more coming more common where more funeral homes are getting to that. Right. So we offer, um, at our funeral home, we offer thumbprints um, so that families can get jewelry with the, the thumbprint. I've had families in the past, and this is kind of funny, but um, it, everybody, it, it each his own, I guess. But I've had families want the uh, fingerprint to get a tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've had a family have t-shirts done for the grandkids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's there's so much you can do with the fingerprint. I mean, you can, because it's basically, an, uh, the new way of doing it is an image that it basically takes like almost like a picture of it. So, yeah, it's pretty much a digital yeah. thumbprint. Yep, and they're, they're pretty cool. Like, you can do a lot of stuff with them, but mm -hmm. everybody's different. You know, some families think that that's, really weird and they, they don't want it and that's perfectly fine you know that we just offer it as another way of remembering yeah that person's a keepsake or memorialization yeah um, another f more paperwork that we have is um if uh, a loved one is being cremated we have a form that's uh, cremation authorization by the family so a family member so if, if uh, a family chooses cremation typically the funeral home has a uh, has a form that the family signed, like Jamie said, um, called the Family Cremation Authorization Form. And it goes through everything. You know, we, we don't have to go that detailed. It's basically just stating that you, that as a family member, you're giving permission for the funeral home to cremate. And we, um, and it, it goes by the closest living next of kin. So, so like if the uh, next of kin would be the husband or wife. Yep. And if the if the husband or if the ne if the spouse is deceased already, then it would go to the their biological children. Children, and then if they're deceased, um, then it goes by um, parents. Yep, parents if they're still living. If they are not living anymore, I mean it gets tricky once you get past all right. this. Sisters but it's basically the then... the next closest next of kin. Right, is what it goes by. Um, now if there is no family at all ever, you know, like if you're an only child, then you can appoint a friend or some kind of representative, um, with the funeral home will still ask, is there any relatives at all that you can think of a cousin, anything, you know, and, uh, cause they want to go to the next closest next of kin. And I've had families where they don't have anybody, right. there's nobody. Yep. So then it would fall under, um, then if it's a representative or a family friend, um, otherwise it could go, um, if there's absolutely nobody that would claim, you know, and get it done, then it would go, this is very rare, but it does happen from time to time. 
it could go to the coroner then, and the coroner would have to then sign off giving us the okay to cremate then. But that is like extremely rare. I think in my career, I've only had that happen once. Right. And I've only seen it one other time where um, people didn't want to be responsible for a bill. Yep. Um, they didn't have the funds to do it, so they pretty much turned, unfortunately, a loved one over to, uh, mm. to a corner. So, uh, so yeah, pretty much that is what is involved in an arrangement. We will also help a family with an obituary. A lot of people come in here and they don't know where to begin and where to end. In a lot, in a lot of, um, on that note too, there is, um, like I know our funeral home has uh, a form that can be filled out online or we have forms here that can kind of help with at least get the statistical information. So that kind of helps out us out a little bit um, if it's like you're doing like pre-planning, right? you know, or if you just need a little help. But yeah, we'll definitely. Kind of like an outline. What yep. I do too is I will encourage families to, um, most most funeral homes have a website. Yep. You encourage families to go online and look at other obituaries. You can do that as well. And kind of get ideas from that. And for me, during the arrangements, um, I always ask, this is just my way of doing it. Every funeral director has their own way of doing things. I always offer uh, if families would like to write that write it themselves. You know, some families uh, like that. It, you know, like I said, every every family is different. Every person is different, and I like to have families be involved as much as possible. Right. Because then it makes the family feel like they accomplished something. You know, if I did everything, you know what I mean. Right. I mean. I don't know. I mean, and some well, families, and it's okay. Whatever. Well, sometimes, though, when people are in a funeral home setting, they have so much going on, you know? Yep. And if they have, like, more than, you know, three people with them, and they're trying to brainstorm and get done with the obituary and everything's good, well, then they call back two hours later and said, I totally forgot about Aunt Susie. Yep. I've had that happen. I so left much. Aunt Susie out, and I would have been so ashamed if it went through and she wasn't mentioned in it. Exactly. So that's why we kind of encourage people to go home, sit with the family, brainstorm stuff, um, take Maybe your look time. at it again. You right. know, if we like, like for me too, um, if they want me to write it, um, then what I'll do is I'll get all the information that I can. And then I, I like to let, you know, have the family go home because there, there is a lot of paperwork and a lot of things that are on their minds. So for me, I like to um, get all the information if I'm going to write the obituary and um, continue on so that the family can just get out of the door, you know, and um, go do other things. Because at that time, there's a million and one things that a family is going through, like right. getting flowers. Mm -hmm. um, what am I going to do with all this other stuff, you know, going to yep. banks and all, you know, there's just a lot of stuff things. can just be so overwhelming. And uh... and see, I don't, I don't, um, you know, I, I, I you got to read the family when they come in, you right. know, and see what they're, what they want to do. Because there are some families that are like, well, no, no, we want to sit here and actually type it up uh -huh. right now. Yep. And there's no, no wrong with that, too. It's no. just... Um, it can tend to take the arrangement then a little bit longer. Yeah. Um, but like I said, there's there's no right way or wrong way of doing that part. You know, I like to, like I said, I like to. Um, most families, they just want to get out of here. Is what I can what I can kind of tell, because they got like I said a million and one things going on. Um, so then what I do then is I have them sign all the other paperwork. Um, they pick out an urn or a casket or whatever they want to do, and then. Um, when they leave, I go and type up the obituary, 
and then I send it to them with an email that they that they gave me, and then it, then it gives them time to go home, sit with a some to drink or whatever they want to do, and then they can just go through it at their own pace. You know, where if you do it here, it can kind of be a little overwhelming, is what I've seen. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes it's pretty much half and half. Yep. Because then you get the families that oh no, let's sit down, let's do let's this. Do it you right know, now. I mean. Yep. Nothing wrong with it, you know, we got time. Yep. Um, you know, we knew mom was, you know, mm-hmm. was ready. And like I said, uh, like, she lived a nice full life and you know, we we kind of already, you know, have have stuff written down. So yep. and that goes by the like I said, there's no right way or wrong way of doing it. And like I said, you kinda have to read the family a little bit and right. see what they want to do. Yep. All right. So we're going to probably end it on the arrangement, right? Well, I think or is we there can... more? You know, we can kind of, uh, I have a little note here to maybe go over a story that we personally had leaving out names and people right. and where it's at um, about what we've experienced with arrangements or removals or whatever. So if you wanted to tell a story. I, of... I really can't think of something right now. Um, I really wish I could. But why don't I think of something? And Do I'll you know first? something? Yes, you go first. Well, I can go. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of funny, but kind of um, scary at the same time. Are you going to talk about that creepy guy? The, the creepy, the yes. creepy follower guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, this is when I was on call. I was an apprentice um, in a, in a big city, and it was me and a, a and another apprentice. We had a a call. Um, it was pretty late at night. It was probably about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning. And, um, so we get in our van and we, um, start getting on the freeway. And at this time, even in a big city where, where, um, where I was living at and stuff, there's like next to no traffic at that time. Like everybody's sleeping and you know, whatever. Some people here and there, but for the most part, um, the, the freeway was pretty quiet. So we get on the freeway, uh, we're driving and my, my buddy who's with me, um, he, the other, the other apprentice, he, uh, was driving. So I'm in the passenger seat. So we're driving, we get onto the freeway. As soon as we get on the freeway, there is a car, uh, like a little SUV that is right, uh, like right behind us. And he's like right on our bumper. So we're just talking like, okay, what? You know, there's all this room, you know, it's a three lane freeway, you know, so we get over and he would get over right onto our lane, right on our bumper again. And he had his brights on and we're like, okay, what, what did we do? Like, we didn't do anything. We just got onto the freeway. So we just continued driving, kind of ignoring him, but he's kind of being like a little aggressive, you know, especially for two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, right. whatever it was. Right. So... So we're just like, whatever. And we keep going and um, we're going the speed limit. We're actually going five over the speed limit, you know? And all of a sudden he uh, whips around us going really fast, whips around us. And uh, he's way up ahead. And we're just kind of laughing about it. Like, whatever, you know, like it's two thirty, three o'clock. You got nothing else better to do than right, right, right. harass some random van, you know, like right. whatever. So I made the, the comment to my buddy, not thinking he would actually do this. I said, Oh yeah. So since that guy was uh, having his brights on and stuff uh, on us, maybe we should turn on our brights. Yikes. And <laughs> no joke. He, my buddy's like, Oh, 
that's a great idea. And he flips his brights on. Now, this guy is pretty far up, you know. And all of a sudden, that guy slams on his brakes. And we're going 70 miles an hour, so 70, 75. So catching up to somebody, even if they're way up ahead, it doesn't take long. We almost hit him. We go around him. And he then is on our bumper again, like even closer, like almost hitting our bumper. And he's honking his horn and he's just all angry. And he did yeah. that for like maybe five, ten minutes. And then I, we just ignored him. We just like whatever, you know, and just kept going. And he just all of a sudden he just like turned off and took an exit or whatever. And we just kept going to our to our call. And <laughs> the whole way there, we were joking that because uh, where we had to go for the call it was a, it was actually a house call. Um, it was like in the middle of nowhere, like farm fields and and it was like in the literally middle of nowhere. And uh, I was joking to him. I'm like, what if we go down one of these roads thinking that it's the right way and it's the wrong way and he's at like a dead end or something? You know, like like, like that guy right. was <laughs> Well, you know, when you first told me this story and I found what movie it was. Do you remember the movie Joyride? Uh, it's been a Are while. you too young to remember that? Um, when did it come out? Only thirty. It came out in two thousand and one. Okay, I think I think I I did. I, I'd have to look. I'm bad with movie. It's names. a movie about young kids. Okay. Uh huh. And they have a CB radio. Oh, okay. And they're playing games with a trucker. Oh, okay, okay. And all of a sudden, they hear the trucker come over to CB, and he's talking to one of the girls that's kind of playing with him. And he starts calling her Candy Cane. Oh, okay. 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 And they end up like at this hotel place or whatever. And they see the semi and he's got his brights shining on them. Huh. And he messes with them and he totally scares the bejeevers out of them. <laughs> um, but it's a really good movie. And like when you told me that your friend was like, hey, let's go and, you know, shine our lights on him. The first thing I thought of was this joyride, and, and I I was joking, like I was just like like yeah, what the heck, and I was though. joking, you know, because obviously whatever we did, because like you know we didn't cut him off, like all of a sudden he was just right behind us, <laughs> and like I yeah. said, it was two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, whatever that was, you know. You gotta and... start watching more scary movies so that you know what <laughs> what to do and what not to do. Well, I wasn't the one driving. He was driving. I know, but you were with. You could have said, "No, we're not going to antagonize this." Well, this I should. I well, I, I shouldn't have said anything. Well, you but know, it was... could have been another Jeffrey Dahmer or something. And <laughs> goodness, no, that's but, scary. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of a kind of funny now but it was kind of scary at the time well, yeah especially being so late at night and like in the middle of nowhere well he, th this happened this happened in the freeway in in uh the, the city still so it wasn't like okay, in, but... in the middle of nowhere but i mean we had to drive quite a quite a bit of ways you know but like we had to take back roads and and like i said it was like we definitely left the city and we had to go like in back roads and, and farm fields and and, and he could have been crazy. sitting in a cornfield waiting for you to That's go by. That's what we were what we were talking about. Like, exactly. how creepy would it be if if we went down the wrong way? You know, because sometimes our, the GPS doesn't necessarily work the greatest. Like that movie, The Wrong Turn. Yep. You take the wrong turn and you run into the wrong person. <laughs> Jeez, that's just scary. That's yeah. That's so that's yeah. Funny. I mean, now I can laugh about it, but at at the time, I mean, like I said, we were. I was like. 
20 something, you know, whatever, you know, and just talking and joking. I mean, it was, it was, like I said, two thirty, three o'clock and, you know, tired and. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that, that just would have been, that would have creeped me out. But, uh, do you have any, anything? Did you think of anything? Yeah. The only thing I could think about was a, a while back I had this arrangement and, um, this lady had mentioned a couple of times that, you know, she was going to wait for a sign from her husband. And I had my cell phone in the arrangement room with me because I was on call. And I, when I'm on call and have to do an arrangement, I let the families know that, you know, if my phone does go off, I'm not being rude, but mm-hmm. I'm on call and I need to take, you know, I need to answer it. And I said, but it is on vibrate. So, you know, we, we really won't be too interrupted. So we're getting to the obituary and we're just about finishing up on that. And my phone goes off, and it's not on vibrate. It is. It does my ringtone, and I look, huh. and it was an alarm. And then huh. I'm like, "This is really weird," because I didn't. I've never had a 5:30 alarm set. You know, I only yeah. have. Well, I have 5:30 a.m. You know, um, I think this is 5:30 p.m. So I'm thinking, well, maybe there was a 5:30 p.m. You know, so I didn't think much of it. So. Um, I apologize, you know, that my alarm went off. Well, then about five minutes after that, a reminder goes off on my phone. And it's this alarm that I have never even had on my phone before. And she starts laughing and she's like, I bet that is him. She's like, I bet that is him. I'm like, very well could be. I said, but you know what? I think I'm going to turn my phone off because, you know, um, we only have a couple more minutes here, you know, so I can turn off for a minute. So I turn my phone off and I look and the Samsung logo went blank. So I knew my phone was off and I set it down on the table. We're saying our goodbyes and that. All of a sudden my phone goes off again. I'm like, okay, you guys just see me turn my phone off, right? She goes, yes, and that is him. That is him. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It was really cool. I mean, it it gave gave me goosebumps and she kind of acted like, you know, she was reassured and, you know, I just thought that was the neatest thing. Even though it was very weird, you know, but I mean, yep. we knew my phone was off. I remember seeing a video uh, that kind of reminds me of a quick video that I saw on YouTube. I don't know what it was called, but in the video, it's these um, this family that they lost their mom, I think it was, or their dad. I can't remember who they, who they lost okay. in the family, but before, I think it was the mom now, now that, I, that I'm thinking about it. But the mom uh, promised the kids that when she passes, that she's going to come back as a, you know, or let them know that everything's okay and that she'll come back as a, as a cardinal. Okay. Um, I, th- I think that's, yeah, the cardinal. So with, uh, with that being said, they, uh, they did the service, they did the funeral, um, they go back to the house and they're kind of setting things up for family to come to eat like a little like little luncheon or something or whatever. Right. So the one daughter, so the, the video starts off where the one daughter is coming from outside mm-hmm. and um, from doing something outside, setting something out. Well, all of a sudden she stops dead in her tracks and she's like, oh my gosh, there was a cardinal right in front of her face on a tree. Really? And this was the day of her her mom's uh, service. So the rest of the kids come out. And if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, 
Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think the bird lands on her hand because she had her hand out like this, you know, out to like. Oh wow! And I'm pretty sure that the cardinal landed on her hand for a split second. Uh, it's, it's been a while. I, I haven't seen it in a while. I just remember that there was a cardinal and it was really close to the family. And they were all like, oh, my gosh, this is a sign for my mom. Right. Right. You know, and that was really cool. And stuff like that happens all the time. It does. It does. It does. Um, I hear I hear quite a bit of stories about that. Um, that actually, it also reminds me. I will say one more thing and then we can kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Here. Um, so I started working in a nursing home. Um, oh, goodness. I want to say around. 2001 and uh there's this little old lady that was so sweet and she always told us when i go i'm going to send you girls a sign and we we're like mm. okay you know okay you know and uh so she had actually passed away and her roommate was actually um immobile okay mm-hmm. um she was pretty much she needed full cares for everything, you know. She couldn't feed herself or whatnot. And she could, you know, barely move in bed. Mm-hmm. So about two days after um, our little cutie passed away, we called her little cutie, mm-hmm. um, we are at the nurse's station and we are um, doing our intakes and outputs, you know, how much you, um, yeah. how much somebody drinks compared to how many times they, you know, went to the yep. bathroom. And, uh, we're looking, and one of the girls goes, why is, I'll say, little cutie, okay, why is little cutie's light on? And we're like, what? Because like the call light, The mean? call light. Yeah. There were two separate ones, so you knew which, which resident needed help. Yeah. Okay? Well, it was little cutie's light. Oh. And we're like, what? And we knew that her roommate couldn't get out of bed and go to her empty bed and yeah. push in the call light. And we're like, no way. Uh-uh. No way. We go in there. And kid you not, it's laying on her bed, okay, where it always was after we, you know, cleaned her cleaned room and, and yeah. you know, cleared her bed off and that. We laid the call light in the bed. Nobody was inside her room or anything. So we considered that her sign. Wow. That she, you know, that the call light went off. And I've, heard, I've heard a lot of things. We're like, okay, you proved it. You yep. did it, you know. So, yeah, stuff like that does happen. And, I mean. I've heard a lot of things from, from nurses um while they're working and stuff like when somebody passes they like see a like a mist almost not a mist but like right you know i've heard a lot of things we well like when we when i was in a nursing home um when somebody would pass we would crack the window open the reason why we would crack the window is to let them exit the room yep um go out the window um another thing is that uh shadow people which maybe that'll be around halloween time that we can talk more about that but there's another nursing home that I worked at that every time that somebody would be um, progressively dying, okay, some of us girls would see, like, a black figure in the hallway. Hmm. And it was it was scary. I've seen, I, I've seen it twice. And uh, I'm sure other CNAs that are listening to this know what I'm talking about. Or nurses. Clara. <laughs> <laughs> she'll know because she's going to hear this podcast. Um, but yeah, there's, there's different things that you see. So, um, some people don't believe in life after death. Um, some people do. Yep. And, they teach his own. Yep. Each their own. So, yep. Whatever, whatever you believe. And I, I just want to say this too, cause we, we will be talking about more stories, uh, of what happened to with us personally. And it's not to, I just, just want to put this out there as a disclaimer. 
it's not too too um how do i put it um disrespect anybody at all or dis disrespect death in general i know that death in especially in some cultures is a very huge thing you know right. so what we're trying to do with this podcast is um just to kind of reiterate here is we're just talking about things some things will be kind of funny and we'll keep that person or the actual person's identity obviously we're not oh, going to say anything absolutely you know and no. um not to disrespect anybody's family at all exactly. or, or anything like that we have Identities the utmost respect we, we, we have the utmost respect for families and that we serve and um, that are going through something like this. It's Absolutely. Death, death is definitely, um, uh, it's a very hard thing. You know, we've all lost somebody. And so, so we do take the utmost respect to it. Um, Most of the families we serve have become like friends and family to us. Exa exactly. You know, and, and that's, like I said, I just don't want anybody to think that we're just take making things the wrong fun. Way. Or take no. things the wrong way, um, you know. We're, we I started this podcast. You know, me and Jamie started this podcast to help people. If you have any questions, um, concerns, comments, anything, um, you can definitely go to our Facebook page and uh, give us a message. We'll be happy to definitely answer any questions. Yeah. There'll definitely be a segment on here where we'll have questions, concerns, anything like that. Um, we'll try to answer anything. Yep, you to, know? To, to the um, best of our ability while keeping it. We're trying to cater to everybody. So. Yep. And obviously we can't go into too much detail um, with some things, you know. I mean, we can kind of touch, touch on it a little bit um, just for the sake of, you know, keeping things still sacred, you know. So, but like I said, I just wanted to make sure that that's really well, well um, put that we, we have the utmost respect for families and, and people going through such a hard time as losing a loved one. Yeah. So, and if you meet us in person, you'll definitely know that. Yep. So with that being said, I think we're going to close out now. Um, tune into the next episode. Uh, we'll be talking about some interesting things there. We and, don't know yet, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah we don't know yet because we don't we, we, we don't have scripts. I mean, we have little things we just kind of think and say, hey, what sounds interesting? Like yeah. today, you know, we, we kind of brainstorm kinda... a little bit. So, yep. All right. Well, that said, folks, we're going to wrap it up and we're going to see you later then. Take Thank care. Thank you for listening. Bye -bye. Take care. Bye bye.